Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Today I'll be speaking with Molly Apple and Joe Dunn, authors of The Soulmate Experience. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, Holistic Products for Body, Mind, and Soul, and PurePlanEssentials.com, Organic Aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Molly Apple and Joe Dunn are the hosts of the popular Facebook community, The Soulmate Experience, which now has over 30,000 friends. Molly and Joe have been enjoying the honeymoon phase of their relationship for more than eight years now. They've dedicated themselves and their relationship to exploring how to keep the magic alive in any relationship. Their new book, The Soulmate Experience, A Practical Guide to Creating Extraordinary Relationships, offers both singles and couples an abundance of powerful and practical ideas, tips, tools, and techniques for enjoying close, intimate relationships that are fun as well as transformative and healing. You can find out more about Molly and Joe at their website, thesoulmateexperience.com or friend them on Facebook at The Soulmate Experience. Please welcome to the show my very special guests, soulmates Molly Apple and Joe Dunn. Welcome to the show, Molly and Joe. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, KG. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So let's jump right in and get to the heart of the soulmate experience. Could you share something of your own personal story, Molly and Joe? How did you... Uh, you know, meet each other. How did you begin your soulmate experience? How did it come about? Well, we actually met online, um, which is not uncommon these days. But there are some a little bit uh, uncommon things about how we met online. Right. Uh, um, we did. We didn't do the the traditional uh, uh, sharing of photographs and uh, um, background details, mm-hmm. um, interests. Um, and wh- and why was that? That was about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but why weren't you, why didn't you share the usual things uh-huh. with each other? You know, you know, for me, um, I attempted to use one of the services, but when I came to the part about having to put in details about myself, um, I had this very strong feeling that whatever I put in there was kind of limiting not only who I was, because I was in a process of you know discovering who I was and. This idea that I'm these things that I put in these little boxes just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And even more strongly was the idea of defining what it was I was looking for. I found that I knew something magical was out there, and I really felt that anything I put in a box would restrict that possibility. And I ended up not being able to fill out any of those forms on any of the dating sites. <laughs> Which was very fortunate, I think, for, for both of us and our relationship. So how did you connect? How did you, I mean, if you didn't fill out any of the forms. Yes. <laughs> we actually <laughs> met on Craigslist, which doesn't require forms. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can put out an ad with, with anything you like, and Joe had put out a very, very, very simple ad that there was something about his ad that it, 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 he wasn't talking about anything in particular he was looking for, mm-hmm. and he didn't say anything about who he was. And that sounds very vague, but to me I found it, very open, mm-hmm. and and it intrigued me. Uh, you know, I'd looked at probably hundreds of ads, and I responded to two, and they both had this feeling of, I'm open to whatever it might look like. You know, he said something like, you, it might be friends, we might we might do things together, we might become lovers. I don't know, and I and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So, were you in the same part of the country? I mean, how did you how did you go about connecting? Fortunately, we were we were. Uh, exactly 42 miles apart. <laughs> did you know that when you first responded to his ad? Did you know he was in the area? I knew he was in the county, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, so did you meet right away, or...? No, no, it took, uh, let's see, you're better. It took three. about three weeks or so before we met. And, and you know, every day, multiple times a day, we would continue this dialogue that, that very quickly turn towards a, a conversation about relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we didn't share any details about what we did for a living or what we had done in the past or where we'd lived or anything like that. We went pretty much immediately into this dialogue about 
what makes relationships phenomenal, which is something that, you know, I've been studying and thinking about for a long time. Mm -hmm. And and I have to say, KG, that that I I remember being quite intrigued because I, I was... I was expecting the the usual questions, you know, what do you do, how old are you, what do you look like, all those things, and and, and I think, you know, as time went on, and Molly never asked those questions, um, you know, I was I was really intrigued to know who who is this person that, that you know, obviously is that doesn't really care about those things. Mm-hmm. And 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 it was a great joy when we first met because we hadn't exchanged pictures and I had no idea how old he was or what kind of shape he was in or what he looked like and I walked into the the little cafe and I'm like, wow, he's cute. <laughs> I lucked out. <laughs> so exactly, what was the setup? <laughs> that we met. Yes. How did you you know how did you say you would recognize each other? We didn't know, but <laughs> it's, it's cute. Um, maybe a little corny too, but um, we. Uh, the one thing that we did know is that we we both enjoyed the game of Scrabble, mm-hmm. and so um, I was there first, and I had a Scrabble board out on the table, uh-huh. building in the place, uh-huh. <laughs> and with some cute cute little things. What did I see? You had our names on the. Scrabble uh, rack, he had put our names, Molly and Joe, which is exactly seven letters. Uh Uh-huh. And I walked in, and he looked up, and he just slowly turned his rack around so that I could read the names on there. (laughs) (laughs) It was adorable. Quite, quite, quite quite, uh, beguiling. (laughs) Very enchanting. And and I have to say, in terms of the the soulmate uh, part of it, when I saw his eyes and when I heard his voice, I had the strongest feeling that I... It, it's, mm-hmm. it's a combination of, I know this person, and I've known them before, and mm-hmm. I'm meant to know them. And it was mm-hmm. really strong. Like a recognition. Yes. Mm-hmm. It felt right. Very. Yeah, there was, a common, uh, there was a commonality there. You know, shared... Like you'd already had, had this shared experience, and you were just re-meeting each other. Right. Yeah. So, what exactly is the soulmate experience? Good question. Uh, do you want to answer that? Do you, want to? you know, we we called our page in our book the soulmate experience because we felt that it was something that almost everybody has um, had a feeling of that kind of deep connection to someone. You know, whether it's a partner or uh, a child or a friend that. That, that feeling of being totally deeply connected on, on many different levels is something that many mm-hmm. people have experienced. And, mm-hmm. and we believe that you can sort of access that experience by doing certain things, like letting go of, of certain things that might be in the way. Yes. Judgments and expectations. Yes. Yes. Well, talk about, talk about that. How do judgments and expectations get in the way of connecting? Hmm. You know, for for one, if I when we go back to how we met, if I had felt like in order to be my soulmate, somebody would have to have certain qualities. I mean, I would feel that those, and I did have that feeling, like those expectations about somebody would get in the way of me being able to see beyond a connection that goes beyond any of those mm-hmm. um, sort of surface level appearance. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and we probably wouldn't have this relationship today had we gone in there with those uh, judgments and expectations. You know, and even if they weren't that strong, if we had just, you know, if I had found a way to fill in those boxes, mm-hmm. I don't believe I would have met Joe. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he wouldn't have met what he would have seen as my requirements for a partner. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one thing. Uh, it's also, you know, gosh, we're so conditioned to you know what our what our, our without being uh, having any awareness about that conditioning, but it's still operating. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and we've been trained at a, from a very young age, right? Yeah. What we should be looking for, and yeah, and I think that that training is actually increasing. When I look at you know, I have a 13 year old daughter, and when I look at the kinds of shows that she and her friends watch. It almost seems like, you know, like everything else in the media has gotten so tight. Mm-hmm. It feels like those messages are so, so ingrained about, 
you know, all kinds of messages about how relationships should be, how partners should be. Mm-hmm. You know, once you are boyfriend and girlfriend, that means a whole bunch of things. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like all of those kinds of ideas that, that we're unconsciously uh, abiding by in our lives mm-hmm. can prevent us from connecting yes. on really deep levels with people. Yes. Yes. So, um, so what about uh, what about values? I mean, what about having similar values? You and Joe um, must share similar values. It sounds like. Well, I, you know, it's it's uh, we talk about uh, values qu- quite a bit, and and what we have come up with is that they're they're essentially a, a collection of beliefs, mm-hmm. and. You know, you can you can change your beliefs, and consequently, you can change your values. So, I don't know that that we necessarily had, you know, similar values. Would you say we did? Uh? Yeah, I, I think you know it, it, when we think about beliefs, right? Having similar belief systems, right, helps you get along better. It's, but but one of the things about about values is is so often people will say they have a particular value, like I I value uh, monogamy. Um, and say we both have that value, and yet we haven't really explored what that means for each of us. It's really a, a, a pretty large collection of ideas can be mm-hmm. attached to a value like that. So if two people say they hold the value of monogamy, and for one person that means my partner will never look at another person when we're out. They'll always be aware of how I'm feeling, and if I get to feel a little jealous, they will respond to that and will stop doing what they're doing. That could all be in this container called the value of monogamy. Mm-hmm. So so as, as, I, I do think that similar values in general, but that we have to explore what exactly those values are to us. Yes, yes. Because values values can be in conflict. They could be. Right. You know, like you could have a value of monogamy, but at the same time you want to have authenticity, complete freedom to, to express your authentic selves. Yeah, and they right. could definitely be in conflict with each other. There's a huge conflict. Mm-hmm. And, yet, and, and so if we don't explore together, we don't know what's going on. We both hold this value, and I'm expecting you to ha- hold it the same way I do. Yes, and that's, a, I think, another, I think that can be a huge assumption, that you, there uh, is similarity that gets projected rather than explored and that's you know I think that's something we need to talk about here you know Uh as far as you know talk about the soulmate experience as a healing journey to to coming to more realization of your authentic self absolutely beautiful definition you know it, it involves really healing and growth are two of the primary qualities of when when for ourselves and for other people we've talked who feel they're in this kind of um, relationship they're growing together they're helping each other grow mm-hmm. they're helping each other heal and i mean they 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 take responsibility for their own process right so talk a bit more about that. What does that look like in practical terms? Could you give an example of maybe a hard place, a challenge you've come up against in your relationship? I know uh, I watched a video you did on YouTube about um, the challenge of jealousy in relationship. Could you mm-hmm. talk about that, you know, that experience? And how do you get through jealousy? Because mm-hmm. I think jealousy is something that comes up in relationship. And a lot of times people just never deal with it. And it sounds like one of the things that you keep it clear and clean between you at all times. You never let anything go unaddressed. If it comes up, if it arises, you know, you you honor that it's come up. It must be a part of your journey together. And so you you talk about it sounds like you got guys dialogue a lot about how you're feeling in any moment. You don't just push it down or away or no this yeah. is an uncomfortable feeling <laughs> you know we don't want this to get in the way of having these good feelings about each other I, well I, I don't I don't think it's because we don't want it to come in the way of having good feelings about each other I think we we use whatever comes up to enhance the feelings we have yes. about each other but a lot of people wouldn't see it that way uh-huh. you know what yeah. I'm saying they think it's going to come up and contaminate or somehow yeah. they're going to lose that honeymoon feeling that soul connected feeling with this this monster has just come up jealousy yeah. you know? right. 
So, yeah, you feel like, oh, I'm a bad person for being jealous. Or, you know, there are all these things that go on that are unspoken, you know. And so what? how do you... What do you do? What do you do? You have a language of connection with each soul, connection with each other. I, I think that underneath everything, we have this sort of trust that I can put anything out in the space, and 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 Joe isn't going to judge me for it. He's going to step back and look. Okay, let's look at this thing. A new thing for us to explore. Molly's jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we basically take the the approach that everything can contribute. To our relationship, mm-hmm. especially the tough stuff. Especially the tough stuff. You know, we we know when something tough's going to come up. Oh, we've got a lot to learn here. Okay, let's go. Let's so, so it, give you know? give an example. You know, yes. this the, Molly's feeling jealous. Mm-hmm. You know, and what do you do? What's the dialogue? You know, how do you? What is your process with getting through those uncomfortable feelings to enhance your relationship? Yes. So, so let's say we Joe and I both swim. And let's say we're, and, and we, you know, I'm 48. So, and I'm in pretty good shape for 48. But if there's a two young ladies in the next lane who are 22, um, I know that if I look at them and think, oh, Joe's going to see them and I'm not going to look so good next to these two, that's, that's the origin of the jealousy, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the low self-esteem voice that would give myself a message like that. Mm-hmm. An instant reaction of that jealousy comes over me. You know, I, I lose strength. I can't hardly swim because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm suddenly in this. So, you know, if, if there's an opportunity for me to immediately, you know, at the end of a set or something, say, hey, Joe, well, two women there said I'm, I'm giving myself these negative messages about it and you know first of all coming clean like that mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm outside of my process yes and you're I not identified like, with it yes right yes and 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 he's so so accepting of okay so this is where you are and uh you know, he might he might give me a message like, you know, you look great too, sweetie, or something like that. But I think more than that, um, we talk about the, first of all, going back through how myself giving me those messages or what causes the jealousy in my body. So, okay, so he might talk to me, what could you be thinking about instead of that? What could you focus on in this set instead of this? Right. Like, <clears throat> like how about I'm, I'm 48 years old and I look totally great for my age. Uh-huh. And, and, to, and to remind me that if I want to give myself any message at all, that one would, would produce a much better feeling mm-hmm. than... Of empowerment and honoring your own self. Yes. Right. And, then, and another thing would be, you know, for us to look at them and say, yeah, they, they look great. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm and not feel, not go to the comparison. Like yes. practice looking at them, saying that with Joe, practice not moving into a comparison space. Mm-hmm. Right, so that Molly can get to the place where she can look at them and say, wow, they're really attractive. And that's you know, which it, is, which yes. Is, which is, happens. With well, this goes back to what you were talking about, non-judgment, because Molly, you know, is judging herself that with this comparing mind and that what you're talking about that you this comparison that's the mind the mind is always comparing right. you yeah. know and it, it wants you to identify with it and it you know it does all these different things exactly. and so, so it sounds we like that process explicit with each other by talking about it mm-hmm. here's what my mind's doing uh, you know we do that ourselves too right watching our thoughts it's part of part of the very first thing we talk about in our book is getting more skilled at watching what you're thinking because it's so important it yes. pretty much creates your emotional experience so but it's lovely to do it with a partner out loud here's the thoughts i was giving to myself okay let's talk about letting go of those and what could you do instead replacing with another thought mm-hmm. yeah yeah and to just have that support of somebody to totally be fine with me having that experience and helpful with you know well you, it sounds it. like you know you've been done these processes with each other you've, you've kind of dived into the, your uncomfortable feelings enough so that you do trust the journey of going down in and that you'll come out the other side and how it has enhanced you know maybe that's the trust that you've developed over time 
to experience your feelings and all these thoughts and all as a healing journey. And so um, you're really committed to, you know, taking that, you know, everything that arises, taking it as an opportunity, seeing it as an opportunity to enhance your relationship. Is that right? Absolutely, especially when you do it a few times and you see the results. Yes of working with this tough stuff and when you come through on the other side you are so much more in love than you were when you started yes because you face more barriers to love I'm sorry you've faced more of your barriers to love right yeah dissolve them yeah dissolve them yeah so what would you tell someone who is looking to attract their soulmate Hmm. Hmm. I think the first thing we would say is is um uh, be ready, hmm. right? It, maybe focus less on on the, the being out there looking for your soulmate, and more on being ready for one. Mm-hmm. Being a soulmate, yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. Which you know, for us involves doing that internal sort of searching for the things that might be blocks, whether they're things we already talked about. Um, you know, limiting ideas about who my partner is, limiting ideas about what my relationship could look like, mm-hmm. but also, gosh, you know, past resentments from relationships that from were, others that we're dragging into this relationship. Yeah, can be can be in the way. Can not only mm-hmm. you know make a relationship difficult once we're in it, mm-hmm. um, but can also prevent us from being open to the kind of relationship we really want. You know, all of this stuff we could call it baggage. And, you know, bringing our awareness into all of our own blocks, so, so regrets we carry around, expectations we might have for a future partner, um, and beliefs about, again, a life, um, ourselves. What it should look like. There's such an incredible amount of, you know, I, I, I kind of hesitate to use the word work. I like to use the word uh, exploration mm-hmm. that we can do when we're single that we have the opportunity to do to really sort of open ourselves up for a bigger relationship, a bigger what we call a soulmate experience. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly you're giving tools for people uh, and just connecting with their, having a soulmate-type relationship with their own selves uh, and with the, the the close friends, family they have right now, that it, it's a you know, a soulful, that you're connecting authentically with people? Yeah. Uh, Is that what you're saying, you know, that that kind of prepares the soil, prepares your mind, prepares your heart for being able to receive a soulmate? Yes, that definitely is what we're saying, and that was our goal from the beginning, is to put it out there in a very practical, user-friendly way, you know, so that that people could jump right in and, Mm -hmm. and... start preparing for their soulmate. And people are having, you know, following those those first four chapters in our book are about sort of open yourself up to a, a greater experience. And people are reporting that it's absolutely working for them, even if they haven't met somebody yet, mm-hmm. that they just feel like the connections that they have in their lives with their friends, with themselves, are feeling deeper and more soulful as they you know, expand their awareness to letting go of some of these things that they've been dragging dragging around that are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So preventers. A lot of your book is devoted to how to keep the soulmate experience alive. Could you talk about that? Sure. Um, it, it's such a big part of our book because, you know, from what we've seen, that that's the part that's usually left out. You know, everybody will tell you how to find a soulmate, but gosh, what do you do once you've found them? Yes. Yeah, how do you keep it alive? Um, you, you know, we hear a lot, um, particularly on our page, people come to our page and said, you know, I thought I found my soulmate, we were together for six years, I really thought my soulmate, and then it turned out not to be. And I always have a little question, like, could mm-hmm. they have found more soulmate experience in that relationship if they'd had some of these tools, mm-hmm. and, and, and if they both had an interest in keeping it fresh and alive? Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds almost like really they just didn't deal with the things that were probably coming up all along. They just did, like I was saying earlier, how people don't want to deal with those tough spaces, that yeah. uncomfortable feelings and stuff that get triggered, and you just kind of, and then it builds and builds and builds, and then it's like it just becomes the elephant in the room. It's like right. the, you know, it's like this. this 
gotten all this energy around it because you've, you know, you can't, you've put it in, it's like a shadow, these shadow elements, you know, that just eventually have to come up. You can't, it's like a beach ball. You can't just keep it, pushing it down. It's going to come up, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we all have wounds and things from our early childhood, even in the best of circumstances, yes. that, so you know, need to come up and be healed. And, and one of the great things about knowing how to work with wounds um, in terms of a healing, establishing a healing environment where we work with healing as a joyful thing to do. Mm-hmm. When, when, when I detect in Joe or he sees in me something... Uh, something that could use healing. I mean, it's such it's such great fun once you get the hang of it. So, You're talk a little bit more about how you create this sacred space, this healing environment that nourishes the soulmate experience. So, I think uh, the first part of it is that that kind of uh, trust we have. And it's, and it's not the kind of trust that I trust Joe to do something or not do something. I'm not talking about that kind of trust. I'm, I'm talking about the trust that, that you were speaking of earlier, KG, when you, when you said, you know, after you've done this a little bit, you begin to trust the process. Mm-hmm. That if I am vulnerable, if I am willing to open up and share this scary thing, that I've seen Joe be here before for me. He he'll do his best to be here and to help me look at it and work with it. Mm-hmm. And and you know you learn that being vulnerable is kind of the key. Mm-hmm. Not stuffing it down and it's been in there forever. This is the time I can finally take it out and somebody's willing to look at it and not take it personally. Mm-hmm. Well, aren't you really saying that hey, I really want to deepen in my love for you, with you, that we share, and this is coming up. This is like a block, a barrier for me to deepen. I need to. This is something I need to face within my own self. You know, that's like a shadow haunting me. Right, right. And I think that if we know that you know our partner will give us that that safe space to express that, mm-hmm. um, it makes it much easier for us to to pull it up and lay it right there on the table. Mm-hmm. Well, and also it sounds like to me, like we, with this earlier thing you were talking about, about how how to prepare yourself for attracting and being in a soulmate relationship. A part of that inner work, it sounds like you, both of you, had done some inner work with your own trusting yourself with being able to, to face things within your own self. Deal with the baggage. Deal with the shadows. Deal with the resentments. Deal with the... Is that right? So that, you know, you were trusting yourself so that you could trust another person. I, I, think, it's, I think it's true. Um, I, I had a, a group that I hosted, a spiritual group, for a number of years and uh, every week. And one of the things we did in there that I loved was people became, the space was so safe that people came and brought their most difficult things and brought them out and said, you know, I've never told any about anybody about this and I'm going to tell this whole group and we're going to look at this and see how I might heal this. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, so in that, you know, it, for me, you know, being able to do that with my own stuff and bring it out and realize, wow, when you're not just working on it yourself and you have these other people who all have your best interests at heart, it's just, it's, there's something just marvelous about bringing out something scary you began it began to be you wanted to do it mm-hmm. and by, by the time I met Molly she was already an expert at doing that so it, it made it very easy for me I mean the the space was already clean and, and safe you know for for me to for me to dump my baggage at her feet uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the way of the divine feminine <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He he brought a whole bunch of for our very first date. He brought a whole bunch of suitcases full of baggage. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, little by little, you know, we we opened them up, and Molly showed me that they were really empty. <laughs> yeah, it was your imagination. You know, it's not right. the shadows right. themselves, but your imaginations of, about what those shadows were and what they meant, and. You know that was what was. Cute example too. Um, when we met, um, Joe is a, a very accomplished swimmer, 
and I was terrified of swimming. <laughs> and uh, all since this eight years, you know, I've, I've become a swimmer, and yet still I still have a tiny bit of the fear. And I'm glad I still have the fear because one of the joys is, you know, when we work together in a pool and he finds new ways to help me work on this fear I have of being underwater. Mm. Um, it just, she, she becomes so, so grateful, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, that I'm there to help her with it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to, you know, I could have gotten over it really quick and we could just do sets together, but uh, I like that I'm not quite over it because it's like... I think she hangs on to it and, and <laughs> on so that she can continue to heal from this. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, well, I mean, that's true. People do hang on to some things, you know, because it serves them in some way, you know. Mm-hmm. So so tell us, what is your relationship like day-to-day, Molly and Joe? Kind of give us the de- a day in the life of Molly and Joe. Wow. It's, yeah. Gosh, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, it's going to sound a little trite, but it's it's really bliss. I mean, knowing that you always have this, partner who is receptive to whatever you might be coming up with, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it makes the relationship a real joy to be in, yeah. and that's a day-to-day thing that we have. Right. You know, so. we've just sort of developed that over the last eight years. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what comes up if one of, or the other of us has a challenge that day that might bring up some emotion from the past or... It's like we're ready to be with it, and, and there's joy in it. Mm-hmm. There's almost a feeling of, of, you know, it's not almost a feeling. You you want to bring it forward, right? You notice something in yourself, something that someplace you're stuck. And it's like, wow, I know what I can do with this. I can bring this to Molly, and, and we'll work through this, and, and I'll be so grateful to her. And, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's not that, not that we have those challenges every day, but... but uh, when we do, it's it's really something to look forward to. So, do you? Um, I mean, you're you're like business partners. You've written this book together, and I understand you have other book projects that you're developing. So, I mean, do you? You know, do you just? Are you at home with each other all day? Do you, does one of you go off to work? Do, um, well, we, what kind um, of what's I'm the also form? A, a partner in a, in a business, and actually in a couple businesses, and mm-hmm. I work out of the house. Molly works out of the house, so we're we're around each other all the time you know and 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 sometimes molly will come down to my desk and and ask me you know to to give input on something and uh i'll come running up to her and ask her for input i mean it's not always about relationships i've I've oftentimes tapped her brilliance for uh ideas about uh you know one or the other of my businesses and but yeah we do Uh, i love i love living in this and working in this space together it's it's really it's really beautiful. I mean, I it, I just feel like I would always spend time with you if it were available. You know, yeah. it's really it feels. Well, great. do you have other friendships or other uh, people as a part of your? I mean, I know you have a thriving Facebook community, but as far as just in your personal life, it, is it pretty much like a one-on-one that you, that's pretty much the central focus of your life? Is that sort of how it's evolved or? That and our children, I would say. Yeah. 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 I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot of personal friends that uh, that I see. My my life is is so full and so rich, and uh, you know, I, I'm living with my best friend. Yes. And do you give each other uh, time for you know your own personal involvements as far as your own you know learning or and then bring it back into the relationship or. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. You know, we we do our our things separately, and then we also do them together. Yes, yes. So you create space in the relationship. Also, is just sort of my what I'm asking. You know, because I think that uh, I think that you also need some space in the relationship, whatever that might look like. If it's going out with other friends, or if it's your own studies, or your meditation, or your own whatever that you may have in your life, you know, uh, so the relationship can breathe. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, would you say that's true or not? It, you know, KG, I, I'm going to say that, that um, in, in our relationship, I don't know that either one of us 
has that feeling like we need space from each other. Mm-hmm. We oftentimes take it, you know, to, to maybe go out and experience life in some way and then come to come back and, and bring it back to, to, uh, to our partner. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but there's rarely a feeling of, like, I know I need to get away from this. <laughs> yes. No, we just don't well, that's, that. yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was wanting to know, you know. So it does sound like you guys are just to keep it so clear and clean yeah. between you. Um, that it feels like there's space here all yes. the time. Yes. So that if, if one of us said, hey, I want to go do this tonight, there would never be any resistance from the other person. Like, of course, go do that. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to do, whenever you want to do it, there would be a yes. Yes. We really have an intention of, of keeping the expectations for each other to an absolute minimum. Yes. So talk, a, talk uh, share some tips for how you actually create an open, loving space for your soulmate relationship to take place. Are there some ingredients for creating a, an open, loving space? Well, I, I think the probably the, the, the main one is, you know, taking responsibility for yourself. For your, is, own, for your own experience. Right, that is huge. It is, it is. So that no matter what I'm going through, I look first to, you know, how I'm creating that. You know, basically our interpretation creates our experience. So I, I always take responsibility for it. No matter if it's, if it were triggered by something Joe is doing, I still look to myself. You know, it's the way that I'm interpreting it. You know, how could I interpret it differently? It, it, that I think that taking responsibility for your own experience, mm-hmm. your partner doesn't feel any any pressure, mm-hmm. right, or anything like. You know, so you there's no codependence. Right. right. I feel. I think we feel for all the time we spend together and all we do together. But I think we feel extremely independent. Yes. Yes. Because of that, because there's no like psychic weight. Yes. Toward the other, pointing the finger towards the other person. So I think yes. That taking responsibility for your own experience is huge. Yeah. Another one is that's a, one thing to say. It's a whole other thing to actually live what you're talking about. So, did you have that initially in your relationship? I know you probably had an agreement about that, but was that something you experienced right away, or did it take time? I think I think we started, you know, when we when we met and we started through a dialogue about relationships and what could keep them clean. Yeah. That's where we were talking about all these ideas early on. Mm-hmm. So we had this intense dialogue before we ever met about mm-hmm. these kinds of ideas. Mm-hmm. And and that's really something that And do you uh, encourage people to have those kinds of dialogues and conversations uh, oh, at yeah. the very beginning of the relationship? We do, and, and what we've seen on our Facebook page, there are a few couples who have met through our Facebook page, mm-hmm. and they met through discussions of these sorts of ideas, because these are the sorts of ideas we post about, and people start these dialogues with each other on those ideas. Like, wow, think about starting a relationship where we take 100% responsibility for ourselves, mm-hmm. where we have an intention to use every challenge that arises to actually increase our connection, where we have an intention to help each other heal from whatever comes up and, and to honor your partner's process and all of those things. And mm-hmm. so there have been couples who have started long relationship through dialogue. One couple actually dialogued about these things for nine months before they met in person. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they report having such a similar experience to us once they actually met mm-hmm. that all those kinds of ideas were in place. Mm-hmm. And intentions were in place before mm-hmm. they actually started physically dating. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the then uh, people you're talking. This book is really for people who are ready to experience the soulmate experience. They're re- ready to enter this kind of relationship, this conscious loving relationship with someone. If you're, I mean, because if somebody's just into having a a playmate or a you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. a friend or whatever. I mean, you wouldn't ha- be having that kind of dialogue, or would you? Probably not full on. Yeah. No, but I think you'd still probably have aspects of it, or you could certainly. Yeah. Even with a playmate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think if there were an ideal, you're right. An ideal reader of this book would be somebody who's ready for that, who's ready to really go inside and and 
gather this self-awareness to look at how they are in relationship and to let go of things that aren't serving them and to be ready to be totally open to a partner however they show up. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, uh, it's also helpful for anybody in, in any kind of relationship to, you know, just begin that process. Yes. Yeah, you're right that doing that full on takes some <laughs> dedication and... Intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you would know, I mean, I think some people think they're ready, but when you actually start the engagement and, uh, you know, sharing these more deep feelings and all, you would know whether you really, you know, really wanted that or not. I mean, it's one thing to think, fantasize that you'd want that kind of connection with someone, uh, but you may not be willing to do the work necessary to cultivate having the soulmate experience. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do. We all have probably had the experience of growing lazy in relationship mm-hmm. and hoping that, wow, it's really great right now. Hopefully, it'll just stay that way and right. I can put all my attention on this instead. Right. Well, I think a lot of people do think that it's just supposed to last. Like you were talking about um, initially with... Uh, uh, you know, why you devote so much time to keeping the soulmate experience alive. I think a lot of people just think, oh, we have it, so it'll just go on. And that's just not tr- the truth. <laughs> I, I had a teacher who used to say, you know, we, we get this relationship and then we try to freeze-dry it. Yes. Right? Keeping it just like it is. Without yes. having to do any work. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, relationships are dynamic. You know, they're living, breathing, dynamic forces, you know, that are, you know, evolving. Uh, so, um. I think we could almost call that the soulmate myth. That if I, I yes, I think that's a good name for it, is the soulmate myth. I've yeah, the right that's a good. Everything will be perfect. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It'll all take, everything will just, it's like pushing a button. Okay, everything's okay now. Yeah, but there, there are a ton of sources and people and, and programs out there to help you find your soulmate. Yes. But we just got to ask the question, then what? Yes. Well, yes. I think, you know, to, to you have to bust the myth if you're going to get into an authentic and live truthfully in a, in a relationship, in a conscious, loving relationship with someone. So have you found that you've developed a language of conscious, loving relationship for staying connected? Do you find that you've, you know, just sort of you know, evolved a, 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 a language for your relationship that you, there are certain words that you use for connecting or anything like that? Has that surfaced for you? Or? Do we have any particular hmm. words? I don't, I don't think it's, it's not really words. It's, it's willingness. Willingness and, and uh, yeah, knowing. Well, pay attention because I'm wondering if there aren't subtle cues or certain things you're doing. It might not be words so much as just even certain subtle things that you do for staying connected. I think I, I think it's true. A great one is willingness, right? Uh, something's coming up for me, and instead of you know doing what I might have done ten years ago. Uh, which is try to ignore it. <laughs> like the minute that I recognize, so it's it's an it's awareness of what's going on in my body. Am mm-hmm. I feeling something? Mm-hmm. Does something feel out of place? Mm-hmm. Sorts. Paying attention to it, being willing to look at it, mm-hmm. being willing to share it. And yeah. From the other hand, from your from your, and your partner being receptive to it, mm-hmm. to whatever comes up. Yeah. Taking the time to look at it, and I, I would think that that's more our language. Yeah. Well, the, I think there must be some subtle body language you have for feeling safe with one another that you, is just an intuitive intuitive language that you've developed over time. Mm. So, um, And that can be, I think, if you could mine some of that and uh-huh. share it with people in your books, I think that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. It's you interesting know. you say that now because I, I just look at how we're sitting and we're sitting very close together and we each have a hand on the other person. Yeah. So there's yeah, there's certain that. things I'm sure you have a conscious, loving language of relationship between you. You've developed, and it's it's probably subtle. You don't even know you're doing it. Mm-hmm. 
but if you could bring your awareness to that, it would be just, I think that would be a helpful thing to share with people so that, because a lot of this stuff that for coming into alignment with having the soulmate experience, I think is very subtle and intuitive how we open up, you know, to that experience. Uh, I think that would be very helpful. It would be helpful to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and one thing that comes up when you say that is this idea of, of not ever looking to our partner as the cause of our experience. So that would certainly come through in language. I, I would never use language like, you did this, and therefore I felt this. My language would always be, when you did this, I told myself this about it, and so it resulted in a feeling of this. Mm-hmm. It's that always taking responsibility would certainly come through the language that I use in describing uh-huh. my experience. Yes. Now that's yeah. helpful. That's very helpful. You know, because you, ha- you know, I know you've developed uh, your languages for. Mm-hmm. So just paying more attention to that and 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 letting, you know, putting that out there. I, you know, you've done. Tons of like, shared tons of information in your book, but I think there's some more subtleties of what you're doing that you're just mm-hmm. you just it just you just do it. Uh-huh. Just comes it's just natural to your way of being with each other now. Here's one thing, KG, that we do is is regularly for whatever we're going to do. It seems um, we take time to connect with each other mm-hmm. to really consciously and intentionally connect mm-hmm. before we do something like this interview. Right, mm-hmm. we would we would sit together and and feel our. our, our well, that I think that is par- part of what I said for creating an open, loving space with one another. Uh huh. Yeah, you know there are. Th- I'm sure there are a lot of things that you do. You just, you know, that would be so helpful for you okay. to share that because I I think there are subtle cues that we give each other that help us to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And um that we're heard, that we're seen, that we're understood, that we're connecting with each other. You know, myself, I'm very intuitive, and I just, I can't put my finger on it, but I can feel when I'm in alignment with someone, and there's this subtle flow of information that's going on between us. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you guys, you know, you must have more and more. As you heal more and more, I think, because I think we're very intuitive beings. I remember when, when we first started talking how I told you my body was starting to have this experience of just, you know, being very excited about talking with you. And it was it was a subtle intuitive thing. It wasn't anything I had intellectually thought I would be excited about. You know, I would just start having an excited feeling in my body, you know, about talking with you. So, you know, I do think there's so much that's transmitted between us on these subtle levels and um, opening up our intuitions. Have you found that at, through being with each other that you've become even more intuitive in your day-to-day life with, uh, you know, having synchronous events and things like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that happens seems to happen all the time with us. And Molly's always reading my mind, too. <laughs> yes, yes. We actually do little experiments at times, too, because, uh, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm a little bit more open to my intuition than Joe is, and, and uh, so we do little experiments of, of helping him open to it. Uh, one we did for a number of weeks, I, I gave him the message of kiss my shoulder was the message. Uh-huh. And, you know, he was practicing with this, and he was trying so hard that it would just never come through. And one day, you know, after probably the tenth time he tried to get the message from me, kiss my shoulder, he finally said, I give up. And he leaned over and he kissed my shoulder in that <laughs> moment. And like, that is the secret. Yes, that's a, that's a perfect example of what, you know, what, you know, what I'm, you know, pointing at here with, you know, these little, to me that is a fun little thing that comes out of your um, conscious loving, your soulmate uh-huh. connection. Because what we're talking about for many people, the process of deepening your love connection as soulmates, it sounds like a lot of work. So, you know, I think to to give the message also that exploring this soulmate connection can be fun and safe and loving experience for people. I don't know yeah. of anything more fun. Yeah, we don't find it work, KG. 
cagey at all. Though, though I can see that it, it sounds like that to a lot of people. That's why we kind of like it's it's an exploration mm-hmm. of life, and it's really it's the most fun I've ever had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I I think again going back to that, if you've cleared your own baggage before you get into a relationship. Because then I think if you're just so overwhelmed with your own emotional baggage that you've never cleared, I think then it's it's just it is would be too you know I think it would be confusing for one thing about your what's your feelings and what's the other person's feelings if you haven't really cleared your own feelings and emotions. Does that make sense? At least done you know a, an assessment and know what's there and what's mm-hmm. yours. You know, mm-hmm. We may not be able to clear it all before we get into relationship, but if we can yeah. be aware of it and take responsibility for it, yes. Yes. then somebody can help us. Yes, yes. And you're right. If we if we have a ton of baggage, you know, the kind of partner we're going to attract is probably not going to be one who's open and receptive. Feels like a safe space for right. exploring this connection. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, if you've just been hiding from clearing your own baggage, facing your own baggage, facing your own shadows. You're just that's what you're gonna to want to do and even if it is a soulmate type connection. And probably, I mean you know, if we're you're thinking about the law of attraction and like attracts like, you know, you're just gonna attract, like you were saying, attract someone that's got a lot of psychic baggage that needs clearing. Rather than being the kind of soulmate you want to attract. Yeah, it's not by chance that people who are, you know, have like, let's say a lot of uh, issues with self-esteem and don't feel good about themselves might attract a partner who would exploit that. Yes, yes, yes. That's a very good, you know, I think it's good for people to start looking at things symbolically and what it, what something can mean you know you know why you're attracting certain experiences or certain types of relationships you know why why would you attract that you know what is it inside of you that has attracted not to blame yourself or judge yourself but what is it that's going on inside of you that you would attract that kind of experience and how can you grow and learn from it use it as an opportunity for your own evolvement and um, becoming more self-aware about your your own self so well was there anything more Uh, the hour has gone by so fast (laughs) so we've covered a lot of territory Uh, do you have anything more you'd like to share with us before we close Molly and Joe I think you know you've given us this assignment now we're going to go off and pay attention to to what we do yeah I hope that's a juicy exploration for you you know so so thank you for that yeah (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to, to hearing, you know, tuning in on your Facebook community uh, and and seeing what things, what, what gems you might have for us uh, over time here. So I wanted to tell everyone for more information about Molly and Joe and their book, The Soulmate Experience, A Practical Guide to Creating Extraordinary Relationships, please visit their website, thesoulmateexperience.com, and be sure to check out their Facebook community, The Soulmate Experience. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Molly and Joe. It's been a pleasure having you with us. Thank you, KG. It's really been fun. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye Bye now.